All right, today is a today is a pretty good podcast. Little did we know the Antichrist would call in today uh, and rap, kind of an answer to to Kanye, which I thought that was you know unexpected, unexpected. Uh, also, an amazing story about how Mexico has just become a you know a narco state. It is a failed state. Susan Crawford, the woman who does all the studies on polar bears, she lost her job because she wasn't she wasn't balanced. Holy cow! Wait until you hear this. Um, uh, more on Hunter Biden and what the DNC and the State Department knew about Hunter Biden just before Joe Biden actually gets on a plane and demands the guy being fired. It upends everything. And, of course, our Elon Omar update. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. At least three American mothers and six children from A little American Mormon community based in northern Mexico have been massacred in an attack blamed on drug cartel gunmen. The victims belong to the LeBaron family. They were ambushed about eight miles apart in the Mexican border state of Sonora on Monday. At the time of the attack, 17 of the family members were traveling in three cars from La Mora, a breakaway settlement founded decades ago in Mexico, Uh, There are reports that some of the family members who were dual U.S.-Mexico citizens were heading to celebrate a wedding anniversary in the United States. Several members now of the family have described the horrific scenes, including how gunmen opened fire uh, on one child running away and others burning to death inside the cars that they torched. Other children managed to escape and hide by the roadside while one of their mothers was shot in the chest as she exited the car and put her hands up to surrender. Relatives fear many of the women and younger victims may have been raped. One family member described how a boy managed to hide his wounded siblings, some less than a year old, in the bushes before he ran back to the nearby town to get help after his mother was gunned down. The motive for the attack is not yet clear, although it is possible it was an attempted kidnapping. A family member reported receiving a phone call hearing screams before they were executed. The group had previous run-ins with organized crime cartel in the area, including one member being killed. One family member, however, believes the recent attack was just a case of mistaken identity. If you look at the children that were killed, uh, it is absolutely horrific. Family members of Ronita Maria LeBaron was driving to Phoenix on Monday with her four children to pick up her husband and then returned to Mexico to celebrate their wedding anniversary. Relatives say her car had broken down when the gunman opened fire and torched her vehicle, causing the gas tank to explode. She was killed along with her twin six-month-old babies, her 10-year-old daughter, and 12-year-old son Howard. Eight miles away in different attacks, several other family members were gunned down. Christina Johnson, 29. Donna Langford, 43. Two of her children, Trevor, 11, Rogan, 3, also died when traveling in two other SUVs. The family members say Christina saved her seven-month-old baby Faith's life by throwing the infant to the floor of the SUV as bullets tore through the vehicle. Seven children survived, but suffered multiple gunshot wounds. When is enough enough, America? When is enough enough? A video posted by a relative on social media shows the charred remains of the Chevy Suburban. 
It had been burned following an explosion with smoldering bullet holes visible in the paneling. The male voice said, this is for the record. Nita and four of my grandchildren were burnt to death and shot up. Mexico is a failed state. It is now a narco state. The drug cartels are in control. We have a failed state on our border and no defense. We have Americans going to a very dangerous state. Because we fail to recognize it. We don't. The media and the politicians fail to recognize the danger on our border. Two things should happen. These were American citizens that were gunned down. Two things should happen. We need to build the wall. And we need to change our drug laws. It is because of our drug laws we have Chicago on the other side of the border. Just like when we had prohibition in Chicago. It feeds these fiends. It feeds the evil. Now here's the problem. We live in a society that has absolutely no responsibility. Absolutely no self-control. The drugs are not just coming from Mexico. The drugs are also coming from China. And if you know anything about the opium war that England levied against uh, China back in the 1800s, it's easy to see, oh my gosh, they're doing the same exact same thing to us. China is using the tactic used by Britain. Great Britain went into Afghanistan and took all the opium and started selling it across the border and got the Chinese people just addicted to opium. That's how they won the opium war. China had nothing they could do other than surrender. Stop, 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 stop. What are they doing to us today? They're shipping opium over to us in mass quantities. They are addicting our people. And we are empowering the worst of the worst. These are terrorist organizations. And we are empowering them. When are we going to stop playing politics? When are we going to start actually looking at actual facts? I saw a story today about how, uh, how bad our school systems are. That we have the worst school systems now than we've ever had. And I thought to myself, gee, I wonder if anybody's going to look into how we had the best school systems 100 years ago to the worst school systems that are spending the most amount of money in the entire world. We spend more money on our schools than anybody else in the entire world. And yet we get the worst results? How is that possible? It's possible because it's all designed by the federal government and it is all nothing but a bureaucracy. Give the power back to the people. It is it is astonishing to me, absolutely astonishing, that a in a in an era where everything is customized, everything is customized. You can you can soon make your Tesla and change out the bodies. Just leave you wouldn't need a truck this week. Don't go rent a truck. 
You just go down to Tesla and they'll just put the truck body on your car and you'll have a truck. Everything is customizable to you. And yet, what are we doing? Those same people that love custom-made everything and demand it and feel ripped off if it's not customizable? We're demanding a giant, one-size-fits-all, bureaucratic state? How asleep are you, America? How hypnotized are you? How dead inside are you to what's really going on? We're enslaving our children through debt. We're enslaving our children through through a lack of education. They are absolute idiots. Our history hasn't been hasn't been lost. Our history has been taken from us. And we know it. And what do we do? What do we do? We save our money, we go into debt, and then we take all of that money and pay 400% more than we did 10 years ago to take our little lambs and lead them right into the hands of the butcher through education. Here, kids... We've worked 18 years to shape you, to mold you, to help you learn how to think. Let me give you right over to the hands of a butcher who's going to undo all of those things. Oh, and we're going to go into debt doing it. What the hell is wrong with us? There's two other related stories here. Let me give you this one. Following months of national media coverage over the handling of illegal aliens in custody, Montgomery County, Maryland, is starting to reverse their sanctuary policy. The county executive, Mark Ehrlich, is going to allow Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE agents, the ability to access certain areas of Montgomery County Jail in order to apprehend illegal aliens. County spokesperson confirmed that the, uh, to the local news outlet that correctional officers have been ordered to give ICE agents clearance to identify areas of the jail to ensure that transfers are conducted in a safe environment. Why are they... Why are they suddenly changing this? Well, because uh, crime started to go off the roof. Uh, go off the roof. A string of rape charges. Criminal aliens. Oh, we just want to be compassionate. We want to be compassionate. We don't need ice. We won't give any of these people over to ice. Until rape numbers went through the roof, perpetrated by illegal aliens, finally the people have had enough and said enough. There's a new study in California that shows that just over half of California's registered voters are considering leaving the state again. Half, over half of the registered voters in California have said enough is enough. You know, at some point, you run out of places to run. Where are you going to go? Because this insanity is everywhere. Yes, there are worse places. God help the poor people who believe in law and order in Portland, Oregon. But this is a disease, and it is spread throughout society. And this disease kills all common sense. We have a choice to make. 
and I'm going to lay out that choice. Can you imagine, Pat? Your 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 whole family is off uh, going to a wedding, and they're just gunned mm. down. I can't. And in separate vehicles, miles apart too. I mean, they deliberately ambushed. I have to tell you, I uh, I was at um, Operation OUR um, this weekend, this Saturday night in Salt Lake City, which is Operation Underground Railroad. And um, it was started by Tim Ballard, and he got up and he told uh, the story about Gardy. You remember Gardy and his father? Gardy is a, a kid that was kidnapped in Haiti. Uh, in the church parking lot. Stad was the pastor of the church. And in the church parking lot, his his son, who I think was seven at the time, uh, was kidnapped and uh, and sold into sexual slavery. He has not been found yet. It's been over 10 years. They're still looking for him. Mm. And... This father is so remarkable. And when when I heard him talk about this, I went to bed that night. And I had dreams all night over and over and over again. I had one of those nightmares where you wake up and then you close your eyes and you have the same dream again. It was that my son had died. And it affected me well into the next day. I just couldn't get my arms around losing one of my children. I don't know how people survive that. But we are, we are losing our children through violence. We're losing our children through suicide. We're losing our children to quite honestly, the university systems that their bodies still may be here, but their spirits are crushed. What are we doing? We all live the same kind of life where we're all struggling at night, worrying about our kids, where at least I am. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think so. I think there are millions of parents just like me that every night you come home, you talk to your kids, and you, you thank God that they've come home and they're not completely destroyed by whatever this society is pushing. And now you can't get it out of the house because electronics, it's everywhere. Used to be that your house was a castle. Your house was a safe zone. Tell me what's safe. We wonder why we're having these problems. I will tell you what the actual problem is and how to begin to solve it in your own life. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So what is it that we're going through? What is it that we're happening? I want to read something to you from 1888. Uh, this was commissioned by Congress uh, and done by the librarian of Congress uh, in 1888. Two English colonies that first settled in America furnish a moral lesson that is in full interest and in some respects without parallel in the history of the world. This map, and I'll tell you about the map here in, the, in a second. It's a map of the United States. This map represents those colonies by two trees whose, whose striking contrast will be apparent to the most superficial observer, but not more so than historical facts make them appear. The student of history here can see at a glance that it would require him years of hard study to glean from textbooks, and many will see the moral of the subject here for the first time. It is said that history repeats itself. We do not claim that it does, but there is a similarity between the first colony of the old world 
and the first colonies of the New World. The first colony of the Old World was established in the Garden of Eden. This is commissioned by Congress in 1888. The first colony of the Old World was established in the Garden of Eden, Eden, where good and evil existed, and evil caused the downfall of man. So it was in the New World. Good and evil came here to America also. The good to Plymouth, the bad to Jamestown. As the tree which bore the forbidden fruit caused the uh, curse to be brought upon man in Eden, so did the tree of slavery in Jamestown. There was a constant warfare in the old world between good and evil. So there has always been in the new world. The evil of Jamestown has always been, and to this day, at war with the good of Plymouth. Now remember, this is after slavery. This is 20-some years after slavery. Much of the trouble in the New World was caused in this way. In 1620, each colony uh, planted a tree, the Tree of Liberty, then quite small, planted by the pilgrims upon the Bible in Plymouth, where it received God's blessings, which accounts for its wonderful growth and excellent quality of fruit. The tree of slavery was brought, was brought from the old world and the people of Jamestown planted that. In time of a dispute in time a dispute arose between the two colonies as to which tree should grow large that it would uh, uh, occupy all the land. Slavery with its attendant evils would overshadow the land with darkness while liberty with its manifold blessings would send a flood of light over the whole country. At one time, it appeared that the tree of slavery would gain the supremacy. But God caused that that tree soon began to lean southward. Its friends then tried to prop it up, but it still continued to lean and showed signs that it would fall. This made the southern man jealous and decided to murder his northern brother, as Cain of old did to his brother Abel. For this sin, God set a black mark upon Cain and sent Father Abraham with his big emancipation act uh, acts to cut the tree of slavery down. Isn't it interesting that it was Father Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, that did this? It's a remarkable fact that so far the influence of the two colonies has been felt in the affairs of our country and that the Jamestown colony has been bad and the Plymouth colony good. The grand and noble thoughts recorded in the wonderful invention of our free of our free schools, the many blessings we enjoy today and all that tends to elevate mankind and heirlooms handed down from the Puritans and their children, while nearly every evil which exists in the political economy of our beloved country can be traced to the pernicious teachings of Jamestown settlers and their children. Now listen to this paragraph. Jamestown is no more, but the colony still lives in the form of the Democratic Party. This was commissioned by Congress, 1888. Written by the Librarian of Congress, 1888. Why? Because the roots of the Democratic Party were from the southern slave owners. It was all about slavery. It was not about freedom of the states to do anything. It was about slavery. Plymouth is flourishing, a flourishing city. Her children now form the Republican Party of this great country. For verification of these facts, study the history of the United States. Now, <clears throat> I am not here to tell you that the Democrats and the Republicans, that the Republicans are good and saintly and the Democrats are evil. The infection is on both sides now. I do believe one is much worse than the other, but the affection, infection is on both sides. That's not the point of this. The point is the map. And the map is shown with two trees, one kind of gnarled and, and, uh, and bent, and it's God's curse of slavery. And it was planted, the trunk of that tree is in Jamestown, and it shows how that tree 
it has grown and the limbs of the tree are really, really important. The limbs of the tree are avarice, lust, ignorance, superstition, sedition, secession, rebellion, treason, murder, war. God's blessing of liberty, that tree that comes from Plymouth. The first branch is free schools, and we don't mean nobody pays for them. What we mean is that they are free. The people do it. They are free of government. Now, how can you expect a government school to teach you that you should be wary of the government? You ever thought of that? How could a school that is paid for by the government who wants to churn out good citizens that respect and love the government, how could it possibly be expected to be teaching that the government is like fire? Free schools, intelligence, obedience to the law, knowledge, free speech, equal rights, love of country, uh, contentment, Industry, philanthropy, benevolence, sobriety, morality, happiness, patience, justice, charity, virtue, faith, truth, hope, honor, joy, peace, light, and immortality. We are facing exactly the same. This is the, this is, this is the war in heaven. A third of God's own children, a third of the angels who knew who he was, chose wrong, chose incorrectly. If it can happen there, how come it can't happen here? The garden of good and evil. We know what happened. The fall. This happens all the time, good and evil. And in America, there is a second choice. There is the choice that we consecrate. Look that up. Not just dedicate, consecrate everything that we do. We make that sacred, that we're not doing it just for us. We're doing it for our children and our posterity. We're doing it for the freedom of all mankind. We're doing it because that's what God asks us to do. To have a noble and charitable and loving heart. Or you can go the way of Jamestown. The people who came, including Columbus, he came over for the right reasons. But the minute he started looking for gold, he lost his way. There is a curse on this land as well as a blessing. But the curse is only enacted on those who choose it. Because this is a sacred land... If you choose to pursue Jamestown, your tree will become gnarled and bent and broken. If you choose, and we have, that dominance, that money, that fame, that everything earthly is what this country is about, we are going to perish, and sooner than most people think. But we're a covenant land. And if we go back to Plymouth. And we go back to the beginning. And we choose. You know there was this argument in the 1850s. Which are we? Are we the sons and daughters of Plymouth? Or are we the sons and daughters of Jamestown? Well thank God. They chose before the Civil War. They are the people of Plymouth, not Jamestown. We have to make that same choice again. And it is that simple. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program.
Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's time for an Alan Omar update. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. <laughs> so the Ilan Omar update. Here she is at a Bernie Sanders rally, and I want you to listen to this. Go ahead. Because that is the only way we are going to defeat Donald Trump. Ilan Omar. And place... And place his cruel ideology in the dispin of history where it belongs. Mm. But that Muslim Brotherhood, that's great stuff. <laughs> Together we are going to send a powerful message with this president. Yes. What is Your it? effort to coddle white supremacy to ban right. Muslims from entering the United States, mm-hmm. to call people at neo-Nazi rallies very fine people But you didn't do fail. any of that. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So tired of that lie. And just as a matter of fact, none of us are going back. Well, that might not be the case with you in particular at some point. <laughs> you might not be like the average Muslim that is here. It might be a special exception made for you. But that's only if anybody cares to, I don't know, investigate. There's your Ilan Omar update. Ilan Omar. That is fantastic. Uh, today is the day that we, uh, many people are going to the polls. Uh, big day in Virginia. They're, 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 every, every seat uh, in uh, the state house is, is open. Is it Virginia or West Virginia? It's Virginia. Did uh, I say West Virginia? Every, no. Yeah, well, I think you said West Virginia yesterday. Uh, uh, maybe I just misheard it. Yeah, probably but that. Every seat. <laughs> Is uh, does that happen anywhere else? I don't think so. I don't either. I, I thought that was wrong when I first read that. I'm like, no, I can't be on like every seat. Every seat? That's crazy talk. But apparently, you can. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what they do with it. We were looking at some of the ballot uh, initiatives, um, and you have to go back, you know, because most of them now are just about, you know, how much money are we going to spend? How much? How much tax dollars do you want to spend? That's most of the mm-hmm. ballot initiatives, uh, state by state. But I, I like, I like some of these. Um, should we prohibit toxic waste in our drinking water? That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, you know, you really got a battle in the voting booth yeah. as to whether or not. Yeah. You want toxic waste in water? Right. Right. Well, it was, it was approved. <laughs> we should. This is in California. That uh, th- they said we should forbid toxic waste discharge into drinking water. <laughs> How does that even Very get bold. on a ballot? How does that even get on a ballot? That you know what that is? That is toxic waste discharge. I think that is so broad yeah. that it just opened up yes. everything, all these doors. That was mm-hmm. 1986. Um I like this one. Along with school va- school vouchers, sales tax and city charter revisions, voters in San Francisco had to decide whether to allow a veteran police officer to walk his beat with a ventriloquist dummy, <laughs> Brendan O'Smarty, he of the laughing Irish eyes, whom Officer Geary picked out of a ventriloquist catalog after he was selected to work in a community policing program that encouraged officers to use creative and ingenious methods to break down barriers between citizens and police. <laughs> That's a unique way. Uh, sure is. I don't know way. if this helps bring us closer together. You're like, oh, dear God, here comes the guy with the ventriloquist. Yeah, but they approved it. Yeah, they did approve they it. actually approved it. In San Francisco. Um, should we give $1 million to a random voter? 
Good way to get people to vote. I think the founders would have absolutely loved that initiative. Oh, they would have loved that. We're voting not for freedom, but no. for cash, for yeah. the possibility to become a millionaire. Believe it or not, that was uh, New York City. Jeez. And uh, it was defeated. It was defeated. Fairly recently, too. That was 2006. I didn't even hear. Well, we lived there, and I yeah. didn't even hear about that one. Uh, should we take over mm. the Grand Canyon? This one was on the ballot in Arizona on October 23rd. Voters in Arizona, when they go to the polls, they will be asked to decide uh, land ownership tug of war. Should the Grand Canyon belong to all Americans or just the residents of Arizona? Controversial ballot measure backed by Republicans in the state seeking sovereign control over millions of acres of federal land in the state, including the Grand Canyon. It's kind of a federal land grab thing uh yeah that should it belong to the state yes. or should it be federal federal land it should belong to the state i think so too yeah, but they, defeated. they defeated that yeah uh should denver set up a commission to track aliens <laughs> denver opted against the initiative to track aliens from outer space proposition known as mm-hmm. initiative 300 would have involved setting up a commission to monitor aliens mm-hmm. and a website to allow members of the public to report ufo sightings as a result, how many aliens have sneaked into Detroit, uh, into and Denver, a, into Denver since? A lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot. They should have set up I don't the commission. Know, I, I, I don't know if I'm all that surprised that, uh, <laughs> that it was Colorado after the drug thing, yeah. but um, should we let Roxy the miniature pig stay? <laughs> Roxy the pot-bellied pig will be moving to a new home now uh, that uh, voters has, uh, have, have said that she wore out her welcome. Cynthia and Tim Gaston and their two children, who own uh, Roxy the Petite Pig, said they're going to uh, they'll move rather than give Roxy up. On Tuesday, residents of the city of twenty thousand, about thirty miles northwest of Dayton in western Ohio, rejected the ballot proposal that would have allowed residents to keep miniature pigs as pets. Now I don't know why that's anybody's business. No, but t- Cynthia and Tim obviously had to move. Wow. Sad. Really sad. Berkeley, among the most generous cities in the country in funding homeless services, is considering a daytime ban on sitting on the sidewalk in all commercial areas. The city currently prohibits lying on the sidewalk, but police and city officials say the law is ineffective because people just sit up when the <laughs> officers walk by. It was defeated. Yeah. Of course. Should we just start our own state at Nan's convenience store in eastern Colorado? The front door tells visitors gun control is hitting your target. The farmers, the crop sprayers, mechanics and retirees who gather for morning coffee say they've had enough of the state and its Democratic leaders. They bristle at gun control and uh, marijuana shops, green energy policies and steps to embrace gay marriage and illegal immigrants. In November, the rural county um, and 10 others are going to hold a vote on whether to secede from Colorado and work to form their own state. That, remember that movement? That I, I remember them doing that, and, and it was shut down, though. I don't think you can so do that, though, can you? Not, I don't think legally. You can't. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can actually make a state from just the borders of another state. Isn't that what it says? It's something like that. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, um, I don't know exactly how you can I make the, a state state anymore. But like I, we've always we've always talked about the fact that Texas can divide into five states if it wants to, uh, but you can't just secede from a state and start another state, and you can't secede from the union legally. That never made sense to me. No. So we can start our own state in here. Though? We can split five. We can split into five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, we can't secede from the union, uh, like many people think we can legally do, but we can't do that. We, but we can split into five states. Didn't Texas have the right to its own navy? I'm uh, not sure about that. I think that. for a while it it had its, mm. its it it had a right to its own navy. I have to look into that. Yeah, I think I don't know when that mm-hmm. ended, but should we build a new house for the pregnant elephant? 
Cincinnati Zoo officials threatened to ship off its four Asian elephants, one of them pregnant, if voters rejected a $52 million tax, tax levy for a new elephant house. Yeah, bye-bye elephants. <laughs> the, elephants were, <laughs> bye-bye. the elephants were put onto a boat and shipped someplace else. <laughs> I'm paying $52 million for an elephant house. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just... <laughs> I'm doing it. Oh, man. I was, I was out trick-or-treating uh, with the grandkids, and uh, there were these, these houses... Um, in the neighborhood where the taxes, the the property taxes in Texas are the real problem. Oh, they are really high. And these people had vote yes, proposition whatever uh, for the school. And it took everything in me to say, why do you need a bigger football stadium? Is that what you need? Uh If you need a bigger football stadium, pay for it on your own. Yeah, because it's it's crazy. What the, the schools down here in Texas are insane. But they always tell you, it's for the children. It's with, do you love the children? No. Don't you love your children? No. Oh, oh, I love the 12 children. The 12-year-old boy children. That's what we hear all the time. Was that a proposition? I love, no. love the children. <laughs> I've been propositioning them for a while. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. The author of the book, The Polar Bear Catastrophe That Never Happened, Susan Crockford, a zoologist, is with us now. She finds herself now out of the university system, and that's going to affect a lot of things. Welcome, Dr. Crawford. How are you? I'm fine, Glenn. Thanks. Now, are you over in Europe? Because I know you were on a speaking tour over in Europe. Yes, I, I'm actually still in the middle of that. So I'm in Germany at the moment. And and what are you what are you talking about on your speaking tour? Uh, I'm talking about essentially the the topic of my book, which is you know just explaining how and why the polar bear catastrophe that was predicted back in 2007 never materialized. So how are you being received around the world? Oh, just with, with open arms. Um, the, the people who have uh, been organizing this tour have been phenomenal, and the audiences have been very receptive, and I've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback and a lot of outrage when they've heard about this, um, uh, my losing my adjunct um, faculty position now susan um i want to get into how that affects uh you and your work etc in a second um but first let, let's just address that um they say this had uh nothing to do with you and polar bears and then climate change they just said and i quote that your lectures were unbalanced <laughs> what do they mean by that yes i i don't know they didn't um explain further And if you like, I will give you the direct quote. Go ahead. And so it was, while I respect issues of academic freedom, your talks at schools have generated concern amongst parents regarding balance that have been shared with various levels of the university. Wow. And that was the sum total of the explanation I was given. So excuse me, this was for... This was for um, uh, my um, expulsion from the Speaker's Bureau. This was not for the adjunct faculty position. This was for the um, Speaker's Bureau incident that happened in 2017. So let me ask you, the, the people that speak about the death of polar bears, that is factually inaccurate, were they also fired for imbalance? <laughs> For not presenting your well, side? Well, of course, <laughs> there isn't anyone at the at my university that's um, in that position. So I'm really the only one um, in the entire faculty that has any expertise in polar bears. Um, I just can't get over the balance thing because I have not seen anyone fighting for balance. I think American people, I think Canadians are, they're all fighting for balance. Look, don't teach our ch- children what to think. Teach them how to think. And you approach this as a scientist, as a, a zoologist, 
and you understand polar bears and what's really happening, you're not you're not you know making a Coke commercial. You're doing actual science. Yes, indeed. And 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 seriously, one of the the issues here is that um, this Speakers Bureau organization was a volunteer uh, position. So various faculty members and even graduate students would volunteer to go out and speak to um, community groups. And um, but there was no discussion um, that I'm aware of where we were told that we had to um, include a balanced presentation mm-hmm. or what that even might entail. So do you think this is just uh, you are a message to other people in academia toe the line or you're next? Well, I think so. I think that that is, um, well, I don't know if I think that if that had been their intention, um, they would have admitted to um, what they were doing. But um, all, all of, all of the actions here have been really, um, they sort of smack of a, of a bureaucracy that's trying to cover up having done something wrong. And, you know, they're very careful with their language, refusing to put things in writing mm-hmm. um, and now denying um, to other people that um, they had done anything wrong. They have not, in fact, been in touch with me at all. I haven't heard from anyone from the university over this whole incident. So when when you are even an adjunct professor, that allows you to do uh, different things that somebody who is not affiliated with a university can't do like that's correct and so i would be able to do something like apply for a research grant or work with um academic colleagues who were um who had research funding and that sort of thing and so even though you're a scientist even though you're a scientist you're a zoologist you have your doctorate you you can't go in on somebody else's study and even help them because you don't have university status Yes, if I don't have an academic affiliation, I can't do that. That's, that's insane. That sounds insane. That's, I mean, that's, that sounds like a, the worst thuggish kind of union there is. What, why, why is that? Why, do you know why that well, I mean, rule was I, made? I don't know why. It's, just, it's, it's for um, a, a requirement, I believe, for um, many, if not most, of um, uh, academic funding. And... So- you know, there there might be certain kinds of um, participation where a non-academic would be allowed, but you wouldn't be able to be, for example, at the he- you know, like tightly involved in the the core of the study. This is why adjunct status is so important. Um, it's it gives you that credential that you need. So, what does this? What what are you going to do now? What can you do now? Well, I mean, there, there's no there's no uh, process of appeal. You know, the, uh, it appears that um, adjuncts have no rights in that regard, um, and so I really don't have any other option but to carry on as best I can. I can do my the work that I've been doing on polar bears because that hasn't um, required getting research funding, and but as for any of my evolution research. Um, I think I will just have to hope that uh, perhaps another university might offer um, an adjunct position at their um, school. Uh, And what is your research on evolution? Um, I've been looking at the role of thyroid hormone in uh, in speciation, um, in, in speciation as a mechanism. So you're looking at this. Talk down to me. I'm. I'm, I'm I, I sure I'm a doctor. But. Uh, well, one of the things. One of the things. Well, let's let's take the transformation of a brown bear into a polar bear, for example. It's it's one of the um, things that is uh, we know from genetics is is the um, transformation that led to the rise of the polar bear. Um, But one of the things that we know very little about is what the actual biological mechanism is that turns one species into another. 
And so I've been looking at what that biological mechanism might entail. And so I was looking at the role of thyroid hormone because it's a a hormone that has some very powerful um, roles in the body, in development, in growth, in brain function, and also in control of genes. So what this would do would be to uh, propose kind of a parallel system or a system in conjunction that you would have genetic change as well as a change in uh, thyroid metabolism function that would then change gene function. So have you watched... So it would be a real groundbreaking, it's a kind of a groundbreaking idea in evolution. Have you watched the uh, the video with David Gallertner and I can't remember the other two scientists um, uh, where they talk about how evolution uh, couldn't be because we uh, there is no mechanism you have to design an animal from the first cell not from the last cell not from you can't make changes otherwise the entire structure falls apart have you seen that from david glertner no i haven't i haven't you, you look him up he's a he's a yale mathematician and it's not his theory he just uh started this uh, conversation he's actually a big darwin fan um and has always believed in evolution uh and has just come out and and read some uh new studies and said um the whole thing kind of falls apart i'd I'd be interested in hearing somebody like you that actually has you know expertise in this uh to uh to look at it and and tell me what you think but it's it's a it's a fascinating conversation with uh with three scientists and i think only one of them is gleefully taking down uh uh uh, the origin of the species um susan thank you so much uh really appreciate you um uh all the things that you've done and i appreciate your your boldness and your bravery uh to stand up and speak the truth even if it is unpopular and as it turns out at your own expense I wish you all the best of yep. luck. Thank you, Susan. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.